0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Project Spark where we discover stories for people from all walks of life and unearth those little sparks of change. I'm Smriti and today we have Nadesha Roach, a communications professional whose love for being behind the scenes has resulted in her leading an entire team of people who now help brands curate their own stories. Nadeesha, I'm so glad we're finally doing this 13 years of you know, just knowing each other. And I've always admired you for being so structured and so meticulous. I can't wait to hear you talk about that little spark uh, that you experienced when you just started verbally. On a lighter note, I still remember how neat your notes were in college as well. And it was such an apples to apples comparison between you and me. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I think to start off. Thank you, Smithy, for having me. Um And i Also, congratulations. I'm so proud you're finally doing this. You know, I know you and Pooja have been thinking about this for a while. So it's great to be here. And like I said, thanks. Um, As for the notes, uh, I think right back at you. (laughs) I remember, you know, you were one of the few people in class that, you know, had such detailed notes. I think one among the many things um, that we share or, you know, that kind of brought us together as friends.
0: Absolutely. I think, you know, just the very fact that we've been in the same uh, industry for so many years and you know, the kind of respect that we've had for each other and, you know, how we've actually been helpful with each other as well, right? I think that's been absolutely amazing and it's been a great journey with you. So I'm going to very quickly begin by asking you, right? So, you know, communications as a field is something that, uh, for me, for instance, it uh, I, I wouldn't say it happened by chance, but I think it was all inspired by Nandita. I, you you would remember this for sure, right? So Nandita mm-hmm. Lakshman had actually come true, over to true. our college and she did that guest lecture. And I was so mesmerized by the way in which that she spoke about PR as a field, I think that's where my love sort of started, you know, for the field as such. But I'd love to hear from you in terms of where your love for the communications field really came from.
1: To think about it, Smithy, for me, I think it was um, almost, I would say, it's a natural progression, like back in school, right? Um, I wasn't much into science or maths. I wasn't a bad student. My grades were fine. Uh, But I think I was always more inclined towards, you know, arts or film or drama or news production. Um, And therefore, when I wanted to kind of choose... Of career or choose to do or do my higher studies. When it came to media, my parents were really supportive, and that's how I ended up doing my undergrad in um, BSc Electronic Media and my masters with you. Obviously, you know, and we did mass come together. And I think during those five years, Smithy, it was then when I realized um, that I liked being behind the scenes. And I'll kind of tell you what I mean. Uh, actually, borrowing from your own words from your first episode, where you said you liked. Uh, helping people find their voice, right? I think that's what I enjoyed too. I helped people and brands finding their voice. Obviously, in school, it was a very textbook definition of what PR meant, journalism meant, or film studies meant. But I think those five years gave me a good uh, window or opportunity to kind of see what was out there. And that Mm -hmm. kind of eventually kind of led me to understand that PR was what I really enjoyed I still remember uh, when I went in for my PR internship, they did offer me a job and I told them, no, I'll I'll do an internship. Let me see whether you like me and I like you. Might yeah. uh, might have seemed me being very rude or me being very bold and making that statement, but was that was my honest answer. I wanted to kind of explore and see what you know what I could do there. Uh, so that's how it started, and lo and behold, fourteen years on, here I am.
0: Now, just just out sort of curiosity, when you tell me that it's behind the scenes, what do you what do you sort of mean by that? Where did you see yourself fit in at that point in time? Right, not not from a communications perspective, but. Largely, right, right when you were doing the course, mm-hmm. what sort of resonated with you the most?
1: Um, I think the fact of what happened behind the limelight, right? As a person, I'm, I'm not too fond of, I'm not, I don't have confidence to be in the limelight, but I liked mm-hmm. being helping those who were, right? So it was the research work, the prep work, the uh, team effort that went into, uh, whether it was our projects for marketing, or whether it was a project that we had to write a newsletter for, or whether it was us making a business proposal that was part of our pr and you know marketing comms uh, classes i think that's what really intrigued me right uh, because we, i realized there are so many pieces that have to come together for the, for that one person there was so much of work that went in behind the scenes that's what i meant i like what happened behind the scenes that thrill that excitement that whole putting things together i think that's what got me going then
0: one of the things that I, you've always told me about your mother uh, nadisha is that you know she's that's where you get your habit of being extremely meticulous, uh, you mm. know, from, right. And she's always been one of those people who's always sort of, in a lot of ways inspired you. And I've, and I've heard you say this multiple times as well. So, sure. you know, your mother would have, has definitely served as that sort of a little spark in you in terms of the kind of person that you are in the, and, and the kind of professional that you are today, right? So why don't you share a little bit about that little spark that happened in your life? And I think
1: you would have, you would have obviously grown up saying that, right? So why don't you share a little something there? Definitely, Smithy. I my mom, my mom continues and she has been a great inspiration for me. Um, you know, you already know that she used to be a freelance journalist in the 80s and 90s. Now she's retired. She used to write on women's issues and politics. Uh, back then, obviously, I couldn't grasp the uh, you know, to extend to which or what she was doing. Like, for example, she used to write about Jarilta in the 80s when she was still, you know, new to politics. Yeah. Um And in, even even when it comes to like our birthday parties, I know this is a complete the other end of the spectrum, right? She used to mm-hmm. be so. Driven, you know, she used to make sure she used to go all out for our parties in terms of creativity, in terms of putting in, or whether it's a fancy dress competition. I don't think my sister and I have, I don't mean to sound boastful, but we've never yeah. lost because she would go all out stitching costume. And you need to understand this was pre internet era, right? Yeah. So she yeah. used to research, pull up ideas from magazines, talk to people, watch something on TV. So I think what I learned from her and I continue to learn is no matter what it is, whether it is something as small as hosting dinner, or hosting a press conference, put in your best, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's something I continue to uh, continue to learn. And also, same feedback, I kind of give all the lessons I kind of impart to my own teammates. I tell them yep. nothing is too trivial because we, we've all been there, Smithy. Doing early morning media documents or the media oh, tracking man. documents <laughs> is no fun task. But uh, I still remember one of my managers telling me, it's the day you miss the news that the client you know it's going to come back and ask you why did you miss it right yeah yeah that's what happens so I keep telling my teammates no task or no idea or no challenge or anything is not small put in your put put in your best you know um and I think that's what I continue to draw from my mom Um, and not just my mom right Um, there are so many like I mean so many women in my family that I kind of draw inspiration men and women I mean I know this Uh, It's great to kind of celebrate women and women empowerment, I think, but you can draw inspiration from many people in your lives. For me, it's always been within my own circle uh, in that sense. I just
0: love how strong each of those women in your family really have been, right? Through a lot of the the things that they've actually gone through, you know, even from the country that you're from, you know, from Sri Lanka, right? And we've shared a lot of those stories as well. And, you know, that shows progress in every way possible. Yes, it's happening in little pockets, but it's really heartening to see that, you know, you continue to be inspired by the women in your own family because unfortunately we live in a society where we are still at a very, very nascent stage when it comes to progress and specifically so women, right? So, I mean, that's that's the subject that's always been, that's something that I've always been passionate about and I know you are as well. So I'm so glad that that sort of is, has been your North
1: Star completely agree Smithy. and it's not just my family right like take you for example you know I, I know sometimes we can go for a month or two without speaking but when i so for example i call you for some help or work or person i know i have your full attention you're going to help me out uh, you we have both have friends you know, a lot of friends in common like one of my yeah. friends she did mca and bca and now she owns a bakery i have a friend yeah. who's who's a makeup artist um you know it's it's so inspiring to see all these women around you doing so many different things right or some of them might be whole But that's that that puts that requires more effort and time, to be honest, Uh, but you can draw inspiration from each and every one. I mean, it's great if you have like a global leader or a award winning author or a CEO that you draw inspiration from. That's fantastic. But for me personally, I'm able to relate to my own circle. And I think that's so important.
0: Like you know what, you know, from what you're saying right now, uh, what I hear is the fact that you definitely do believe that by behind every person in general, I think there needs to be a group of those, you know, cheerleaders, or maybe what you may want to call a tribe. So why is that important for you?
1: Um, I'd call it a tribe, call it a click, your support system. Smitty, it is so important to have people who motivate you you know it could be bouncing off ideas it could be agreeing it could be disagreeing um, it could be just drawing off their positive energy because yeah. see uh, our our, st- our work right our stream of um, work or the kind of even everyday things can be extremely stressful right? yep. um, or you just want to kind of went where do you go to, right? Not everyone has access to, uh, you know, having having to voice their opinion. Some people may be really good at kind of dealing with their emotions or dealing with their struggle. But then having a circle is also a positive way to kind of deal with the stress or to discuss new things or to learn new things. Um, and I think it's very important. And if I have to draw from that to my own life as a business owner, having yep. a gr- great gr- bunch of people like-minded people is key to start anything uh, you know I, for me there are three things Smithy. honestly when it comes to starting a business I know I'm slightly kind of digressing here but then kind of drawing back to the conversation of having like-minded people mm-hmm. to start a business you need to have pe- people of the same wavelength right you might be different people in terms of approaches or personality whatever background but then you need to have a shared vision you also need to have your tribe there only then yep. it's going to work others you work, you're looking at two very different things so I think having a tribe I mean that's in your personal front or professional front is so critical no so you know what I,
0: I must admit and I, and I so love the fact that you just brought this up on your own right uh, you know I must admit to you that you know I, I still remember when you called me about four years ago saying that you were starting verbally <laughs> and you know honestly um, i I was I was so pleasantly surprised and I'll tell you the reason why right as someone who's so meticulous and very very calculated about what her next move has been and and I've always and like I said I've always admired that about you I think having to leave a very stable job behind you because you were working in a global agency um you know to to be leaving something like that behind and to be starting off and you know starting off from scratch literally with with your two other co-founders as far as I remember you telling me this yes. um you know how did that happen uh why don't you just sort of you know talk, talk <laughs> me through that
1: yeah. so I think, Smithy, you hit the nail in the head when you said that, you know, anyone who knows me, they know me as a person who's comes extremely well prepared, whether it's a holiday or a business meeting, who, you know, thinks and rethinks her decision. Um, yep. So therefore, I think, you know, four years ago, I did surprise myself, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that a few things that kind of really worked, right? Um, one is, I think my journey uh, my entrepreneurial journey or my discovery or what led to verbally also happened in my own style, Smithy. For example, right. it wasn't an overnight epiphany, right? I feel for me, it was a slow fire that built up. Yep. I had time to kind of weigh the pros and cons, talk to people. Um, and I, I, for example, when I start before starting off, I was like, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? I would, if business would fail, I would have to go back and go back home, probably find another job. I was like, okay, so that's the worst. Yep. Then, then came the whole so that was the whole wanting to do something on your own and when I said that was a slow fire I'll give you like a small backstory right so mm-hmm. I was with a global uh, PR agency for seven years I had a great team I had great mentors I had great clients I worked on but there would be these one-off instances where I, I would be like oh I wish I could you know I had the flexibility or the freedom to service a client in a different way or maybe maybe the structured format of how we service the client you knew you knew it wasn't working for the client maybe you you had to tweak some format there and here whether it was flexibility freedom somehow that didn't work out so therefore very often I would discuss with my teammates my my then colleagues now co-founders we would sit at lunch and we were discussing hey I wish you know for this particular meeting we could have done this differently or for this particular campaign we could have done this this way and not the other way and this discussion Smithy, would go on okay we kept having this like over a year to be honest you know various times with wow. us lunch or us going off for dinner or you know somewhere else and then I think one fine day um, my one of my co-founders he was like what's stopping us genuinely what's stopping us from from creating something on our own where right. we can give a client that uh, a proposal or a, or a campaign or a service that makes sense for them of, right. of it, for that matter something that they can afford you knew what a startup can or cannot afford at that point in time right so i think that's where all all started then we like initially we all joked it off saying okay it we are right we're going to start our own business ha 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 but then we it slowly started getting serious right we we're like mm-hmm. no let's actually discuss this and i think that's where it all began so there were, if you ask me what led me to start verbally or like you said the spark i i say slow fire that burnt or continues to burn Three right. things, Smithy. For me, it was that one whole thing of wanting to create. As a team, we wanted to create something of our own. We
0: mm-hmm. wanted
1: something that you know, uh, some to start something of our own to uh, drive, to experiment. And the second thing, coming back to the earlier question of the tribe, great people who I I was confident absolutely, of, you know? yeah,
0: yeah. We,
1: that I mean, we obviously disagree. We obviously uh, we have very different ways which we approach things. But then a great set of people, and the third. A slightly more controversial uh, factor, I would say is a bit of the unknown. And when I yep. mean unknown, I mean not having all the answers. Right. Uh, and for me personally, this was the most difficult part. As a, I usually don't like getting into any situation unprepared, not having the answers. So it took, it really took me out of my comfort zone. But that mm-hmm. is also critical in an entrepreneurial journey or a startup journey. You're not going to have all the answers from day one. Uh, I'm not saying jump in blindly. We need to be ready to work to get those answers. But then you will. You have to prepare that. Even a month, a year in, sometimes you're not going to have all the answers. Yep. But if you have a great idea and a great team, you're going to figure that answer out eventually.
0: Eventually, absolutely yeah. right. I'm. I'm sure, Nadisha. You know, just the third thing that you just said. Right, the very fact that, you know. Having the guts in a lot of ways, or having the grit to sort of continue to move on with something that you're still uncomfortable with, would have been very, very difficult, right? And also, sort of all those little uh, hurdles that you would have uh, that you would you would have had to cross in a lot of ways uh, by yourself as well, right? Because it is ultimately an individual. Because while your tribe, yes, can be there to support you and motivate you no matter what, you will have to make the effort to move away from feeling that is making you feel extremely uncomfortable right so tell me what kept you going and what really keeps you going even today
1: I think to be honest uh, Smithy, there the answer would be I think the same answer I might have had when I started verbally which is wanting to do something on our own Mm -hmm. I think every day right verbally also evolves my team evolves I evolve we are trying to do something new you know I'm not saying we're trying to come up with the next biggest innovation or tech upgrade no But wanting to create something of our own, and once you create something of your own, it's your baby, right? You want to keep that baby happy. How do you nurture that? How do you grow that? I think that zeal, that drive is what keeps us going. Right. And obviously, the days that we feel a bit, you know, if I feel demotivated, or if you think things are not going the way we are, or the way it is, sorry, in good, like the last two years, the pandemic, I think I rethought my decision so many times as like, Absolutely. Oh, my God, have, have I made the right decision? Because it's not just me. Now I have 10 other people depending on my co founder and me, right. Yeah. Um, and I think, obviously, the that weight of that I did feel it then. Mm -hmm. I think having the support that I got from my teammates or and I think the whole you need to be in it, right? You can't be half hearted. You need to be in it.
0: Absolutely. Um, Yes. I think
1: that's, that's what it takes to get through the day or get through the year, you need to be in it, put in your best. Um, and every know, single day i'm assuming exactly, so just exactly. showing up
0: consistently is what that matters ultimately you no just, matter uh, what
1: exactly you, right yeah. like you said it show up show up every day and even you you are motivated you can obviously that rubs onto your team right they show up every day they come motivated like i i can't thank my team enough during the pandemic how we sailed through it because we were yeah. a small firm it's we could have easily gone down and under uh, but then we stuck together we stuck to our guns and we pulled through and we have and we have, you know, we're slowly, steadily getting there, but yeah, it's been. I think that's what it takes, Smithy, to um, face every day. No, great, and you know, one of the
0: things that I'm seeing as a common thread in whatever you've we've been speaking about so far, I think, uh, Nidisha is also the fact that you know, the importance of that tribe, right? Just sticking together no matter what and showing up consistently together no matter what because you have shared goals ultimately. And it's also a shared dream, right? Uh, Whether it's a small firm or a big firm. And also for me, you know, I definitely do resonate with you because I I am also from a small firm. You know that I've been been with the Mavericks for the last almost four years. It definitely feels longer. But I think just the very fact that when you have your skin in the game, you would do anything no matter what right and and for some of us and for most of us at least from you know all the people that i've met in the industry itself this isn't just a job right you're actually doing your life's work ultimately at the end of the day Absolutely. so and and it's not about work life balance either right it's about you know doing doing whatever is going to make you happy ultimately so i think that's really where um, maybe you know i see that commonality between the two of us as well and i can see that common thread in your in in all of your responses so far and whatever you've been saying so far as well so that's that's fantastic to hear because I think if you don't have a tribe, even within your own professional ecosystem, it does. And in your own organization, right? Forget about the ecosystem. But I think in your own organization, you'll never be able to thrive the way you define thriving, right? So I think it's probably just uh, just a little bit of this this, and that to a large extent.
1: Completely agree, Smithy. And that's one thing my co-founder and I are very proud about that we are always a people first organization, right? Yep. Uh, people may come and go, yes. But I can confidently tell you, even people have le- uh, left Verblio, even my colleagues from my earlier organization, we are still connected. We still speak. We exchange career advice. Um, call each other for some support. So I think that is so important. One of the other things that I wanted to wanted to ask you, right? As a
0: small firm, mm-hmm. and you know, as a as a boutique agency, uh, typically it's very difficult to sort of keep your Employees motivated as well, right? And you, as a co-founder, um, a lot of that responsibility definitely will fall on your shoulders, and and therefore your co-founders as well. Now, how do you keep the spark going within the within the team? It has to be. It is going to be a very conscious exercise that you'll have to sort of undertake, literally on a daily or a weekly basis. <laughs> and especially in such a such a highly competitive environment, and we all know that you know getting people you know, sort of retaining people is also starting to become very, very difficult because priorities do change over a period of time. So how do you keep that spark alive within within your team, uh, Nadisha?
1: I think that's a great question, Smriti. And um, it's more so important, especially the fact we're all working remotely. Yeah. And when we're hiring people remotely, right? Um, for me, in-person connect during an interview hire is so important. That was something I had to learn how to deal with because I was hiring people remotely. Yeah. So when it comes to keeping that spark alive, going back to my earlier response of people first organization, right? I think as a business owner, I feel personally responsible that I should create that opportunity for someone else. Like I said earlier, I wanted to do something on my own and I had great people to work with and to, who share that vision. So yeah. for me to create that opportunity for someone else is key. I'll be really happy if I'm part of one other person's tribe, if I have helped him or her in their journey. It's okay, even if that person is not a part of verbally, I am truly happy. So, within my own organization, right, if I have to kind of explain about, uh, talk about that, um, mm-hmm. if whether it's an intern or the junior mem- member or the senior most member comes with an idea, they might come mm-hmm. and tell me, hey, Nadi, I just want to completely, I don't want to do this this way. Let's change things around on a client. Um, we will hear them out. We'll weigh the pros and cons and we have sometimes implemented it. Yes, right. it might be risky. It might require a lot of convincing with a client, but we have done it. right? That's because it's the trust you put in that person. Right. Trust, trust the fact that you know, that's going to add value to the team, add value even to their growth. So that's why coming back to saying as a business owner, I think it's so important, right? Or as a person who has uh, had that spark or had that dream, I want to create that opportunity for someone else, you know? Um, that's why I was saying, like, I can confidently tell you there's so many times we all exchange, like sitting in verbally, like a person from the team will tell me, hey, Nadi, I, in, the, in the future, I want to do this. It won't be connected right. to verbally. That may be the person might be talking about pursuing a PhD or pursuing or starting their own agency. But that never stops anyone. That's because that's the kind of transparent uh, atmosphere or the freedom that we kind of share as a team. So I think that's critical for youngsters to kind of come in, share and grow and find their spark. You know,
0: and one of the other things that I've actually seen is that as long as, you know, you are there to sort of, you know, hold them when they do fail as well. And it's okay to fail ultimately, right? It's okay for an idea to not work out. It's okay for a campaign to not necessarily have all the, you know, tick boxes in, in a, in that little deliverables list that we typically exactly, do have.
1: Exactly. I Even think
0: it's, it's absolutely, you know, it, it just makes so much sense because as long as, you know, you give them that option uh, just to, and to tell them that, Hey, you know what, you're owning this a hundred percent. There's no doubt because you want to do this, but I'm going to be here no matter what. Right. And, and if you're going to fail, we fail together because we're a team ultimately at the end of the day. And I think that again, goes back to why it's important to have a tribe.
1: Exactly, uh, Smithy, and like like I told you earlier, right? When before we started verbally, we used to keep uh, discussing. I wish I could do a particular task differently or run a campaign differently. If maybe if I had the freedom, then maybe verbally wouldn't have happened. Different point. Uh, yeah. but then, but today, if a teammate comes and tells me something, I'm happy to try it. Obviously has to work out for the client as well but but even day-to-day practices right Um, I know I'm getting a little specific here when we started verbally my co-founders and I had to unlearn and learn so many things oh
0: my god yes
1: (laughs) working with young people right they became the eyes and ears for new things in the industry the new ways in pitching new ways in doing away with old documentation and mundane formats right um, that is also for they it gets them really excited that their small idea has translated into an actual practice in a firm right so i think if they see their idea growing It's motivating them and it's so happy to see a teammate uh, you know coming or churning out creative ideas dedicated and working so i think it kind of works both ways so it's so important to kind of create that kind of atmosphere for everyone to grow
0: I know you know this this newer generation. They come with an energy energy level at at a different scale and and you know, of course <laughs> yeah. we we are literally from almost a generation away from when we started our career in PR, and I know I know you remember this. Well, I I definitely would sit down and look at my newspapers every day, sit down and mark <laughs> the new journalists that would come in. But technology has been absolutely fascinating, just the way in which our field has evolved so much and it continues to evolve. Right from the way in which that, that the content is developed uh you know and is cons- consumed disseminated and amplified like you know the kind of channels that come in we all started off with what like Orkut for instance <laughs> which yes, was a social good. media platform that we used and then That's Facebook true. just completely took over our lives and today we have so many other other channels that are so interesting to discover I I honestly can't keep up with it but I think it's the it's this this younger sort of generation that sort of helps us keep up with it, right? I know I know I sound very I really old.
1: Completely agree, Smriti. I know I know we sound probably sound like our yeah. parents, but yeah. no, uh, the, my younger teammates are my eyes and ears in that sense. You know, they'll be like, hey Nadi, did you check this new influencer? Or did you check this new update on if there's a new, any update on say on G Suite or WhatsApp or Instagram? They'll be the first people to ping me. Oh right? yes. Um, and sometimes these Gen Z references, because like, sometimes our B2C clients, though we predominantly handle B2B, our B2C right. clients will want some quirky social media post, right? I, for the life of me, I might not get some of the references, Gen Z references. But I then agree. My, te- my teammates will be like, no, on it. They'll be like, Nadi, let's do this, let's do that. And it's it's so heartening to see, you know, because they come completely guns and blazings. They are happy, they are motivated. And the client's happy because we're delivering. So I think it's so important to draw from them, you know, like this, the slightly more senior members will bring in some of the structure and the, on the learnings from their uh, experience. But then it's also so key to have young blood in the team.
0: And, and you know, what's what's better than having a tribe that's so mixed, right? Because I think just drawing from each other's energies and just like you said, just learning from each other, I think just the... Uh, ability to be able to accept the fact that you can you can definitely learn from your younger team members i think is another very very big deal right it is a big deal it is it, it takes a lot of unlearning because uh, fortunately or unfortunately you know uh, when we grew up in this industry as well hierarchy was definitely one of the you know one of the things that people would definitely sort of insist on right and mm-hmm. and it worked it, it it continues to work for a lot of people there's nothing wrong in that at all and, that, and i think that's a very different structure but I think just, you know, with the newer generation, one of the things that I've also been able to see, and I'm, I'm just simply echoing what you're saying, the very fact that when you let them be and let them sort of, you know, go at their own pace and, you know, let them draw their draw from their own energies. Ultimately, I think is, got, is what's going to help them sort of move up the ladder much more quickly to therefore keep that spark alive. Right. I think that's very, very important for sure. So yeah, absolutely. Yes. Great. So now I have a You know, I I must apologize in advance, but this is more of more. I'm going to throw open the gender card here. What do you think you bring onto the table as a woman co-founder within the team? Uh,
1: To answer that question, Smithy, I think I get asked that a lot, right? And I always tell them, I like to answer the question just as a co-founder. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. For me personally, I think what I bring onto the table, right, is I think we joke about this internally is I bring method to the madness, Yep. And I think this it just ties, is a summary of what we've been discussing for the um, almost of <laughs> the past 20 minutes right? is the fact that drawing from my own experience, right? Like I, 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 I like I like to come well prepared for things and I kind of pass it on to my team. So therefore a more, Uh, methodical approach to things, um, structure to the organization, could be structure to the client um, servicing, could be structure to the client campaign, um, being a people's person. So these are things that I bring. And I think this kind of really balances out my co-founders and me. For example, my co-founder, he's a senior to me in a sense that he's been in the industry longer, right? So I draw a lot of inspiration from him. I seek advice from him, but he's a lot more, he likes to push the boundaries, right? He likes to, he's like, let's take the risk, Nadi. Let's do this. Well, I'll be like, okay, let me think about it. (laughs) Let's go back and check if the team can handle this. Let's see if the client, this kind of ties into what the client was thinking. And therefore finding that balance. I think what I'm able to bring to the table very specific to verbally i think is that balance that we both kind of work in that sense right one person is thinking of the ground effects and the reality the other person's like let's what's the next big thing that we can explore i think that's very important also to have people while you have your tribe yes but uh, if you need to have tribe that's i mean it's good to have fresh thinking different perspectives right yeah i think that's yeah and i think
0: in a lot of ways you're saying you know you you complement each other right and i think that's very very important for sure no that makes sense
1: So I think that's what I kind of uh, bring to the table. And coming back to your women discussion, um, I just want to let you know, Verbally, we're very proud of the fact that diversity scales are tipped. We're a women-dominant organization. Of course. Um, yeah. It wasn't a conscious decision. We are definitely looking for more male uh, hires in that sense. But uh, but yeah, um, and I think it's in some small way, I'm glad that people, you know, when they come and interview with us, or so I go in for a pitch meeting, or I meet clients, and they're like, oh, okay, it's a woman founder. Interesting, you know? They're like, okay, you know. They're they also surprised, They're intrigued. Uh, so it, it definitely a good conversation starter with <laughs> beat an interview or a pitch so I um, think I hope that somewhere even if one person gets inspired or if you know like you said if I'm able to light the spark in one person or provide that opportunity I think I'm I, I know that I've I'm truly happy I'm home in that sense
0: yeah you know uh, one of the things that I'm picking up from what you just said right is the fact that while yes I use the opportunity to also call you a woman co-founder one of the one of the Uh, patterns that I've been noticing off late is that a lot of women co-founders exactly what you said Nadisha the fact that you don't want to be called a woman co-founder the fact that you're just a co-founder right and that's that's so good to hear because off late a lot of lot of women co-founders have been saying that they say don't do not have me as part of you know those listings that are typically there (laughs) right which say top 50 women co-founders or top 50 women founders or whatever it may be but you know on the other side I'm also very sort of uh, I wouldn't say I'm vague about it, but I, I am definitely very sort of, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in between, right? I don't mm. know. Um, I don't know today where we are. I mean, in terms of whether it is okay for me to for me to definitely sort of think of it from that perspective, because I do know that we all, we need more amount of attention, right? The very fact that you just said that, you know, people are surprised by the fact that you are, that the company was founded, co-founded by a woman mm. itself is a little, it's it's a little sad, right? Because it shouldn't be a surprise factor, it needs to be the norm sooner than later, for sure, right? And and I think people need to get used to that idea. I don't understand why it's it's still a surprise for sure. I think that's that's definitely something that we have a long way to go for. But but yeah, I guess I guess it's something that one while we live with it, I think also like you said, right? If you're able to inspire two other, even one other person, right? It doesn't so, yeah. really matter. <laughs> I think is what even matters. Even one
1: person is. I think we're we're home, Smithy. I think it's great. Even if we inspire each other, that's exactly. also great. Um, I think that's so important. No, but I agree. Um, I agree that not enough women. Um, I think like, I read this somewhere saying it's, it's not about giving women their voice, they have their voice. It's about having them heard, right, giving them the opportunity to be heard. So I think that's what's key.
0: One of the things that I definitely do want to add to what you said, uh, mm. you, know, I, you know, one of the things Narisha, that, that sort of resonates with me so well, and I'll tell you the reason why it's not just about finding those voices, but also giving them the opportunity to sort of uh, exactly. speak about it. Right. And that's exactly what Project Spark is all about. And I'm, and I'm so humbled by the fact that you're recognizing that because that's very, very important for, for me. And therefore for, you know, my co-host Pooja. And, um, and that's really what we're here for, the very fact that we want to amplify these voices. And it could be any voice, right? It could be anything. Exactly what you said in the beginning. It could be a homemaker. It doesn't really matter. If anything, that's the toughest job possible under the sun. Uh, I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't see a reason as to why, you know. And in fact, they need to be paid, ultimately, at the end of the day. They need they, to be given they, the salary. They will be the
1: highest paid workers if if women start getting paid for the work they do at home, to
0: be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> and and by no means is it derogatory and I think this is something that, you know, is is another conversation for another day. But Nadesha, thank you so so much for doing this. Uh, may your tribe grow. I think that's all that's all I want to leave you with because I think what you're doing with Verbly is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen you guys grow so beautifully uh, to where you are today and you know where you definitely do want to be, you know, five years down the line or when, however long it is that you want to do this. Uh, thank you so so much for doing this and congrats once again, uh, Nadesha.
1: Thanks for having me, Fiti. It's been brilliant chatting with you. And I'm so proud of you because I know this podcast is something you've been thinking for a while. So thank you so much. And I hope both our voices are heard.